What are some tips for flying the perfect circuit pattern? Good ways to relieve stress when starting nav training? And should mixture be leaned on the ground before takeoff? I'll answer all these questions and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 71 of the Flight Training Australia podcast, a podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host Trent Robinson, thank you for joining me. From wherever you are in the world, I've had um, some messages from international locations uh, in the last couple of weeks, including Sergio from Brazil, who's shortly heading across to Queensland to uh, convert his licence and have a taste of flying in Australia. So wherever you are in the world, wherever you are in Australia, thank you for tuning in and uh, listening in. And a quick shout out also to Zach and Jake. They've uh, just made the 44-hour drive up from Melbourne and I think pretty much went through episode one to, uh, I don't know, they got a fair way through. I think I would have been absolutely sick of my voice by the end of that. But uh, yeah, they caught up with them the other day and they uh, loved the podcast and were really grateful for all the info. So thanks, guys. I'm glad I helped you get through the drive. And I know some others of you that have done the drive as well um, have listened to a lot of it as as well, getting through the the long journey. So good on you all. I've got some messages from uh, February. I did a Ask Me Anything sort of question, and there's a few that I didn't get through. So I wanted to get onto those today and have a bit of a mixed bag. And the first one is from Cessna 152PP. And I said, I love your guys' names. They're great. So Cessna 152PP says uh, they just love some tips for flying the perfect circuit pattern. And a really good question. I'm currently uh, doing a grade three training endorsement and some other instrument and uh, design feature class rating training endorsements for those looking for doing, sorry, part 119 check and training. And part of that process, obviously, we're talking about the circuit pattern a lot and for a lot of different aircraft. And the answer to the question, you know, for tips is really, well, it kind of does depend on what aircraft you're flying. I think for high-performance aircraft, an elliptical circuit works much better. It's going to give you far better spacing on downwind. Whereas slower aircraft, like your your common uh, initial training aircraft, they're going to want a rectangle pattern with a nice squared off uh, crosswind. So that would be the first thing to do is maneuver the aircraft to get into a good downwind position. How far out? It's all a judgment call. It's usually about a third of the way down the wing strata or a third of the way into your wing if it's a low wing aircraft. That's the ideal sort of... uh, a beam parallel spacing that you're looking for. Um, But you get that wrong and everything else really goes to pot. So the biggest thing is to fly a good landing, you need a good final approach to get a good final approach. You need a good base leg. To get a good base leg, you need a good downwind leg. Now that's assuming you're even flying a normal circuit. If you're going to then stretch that out to join on base or or long final um, later on when you're doing your nav training and beyond, well, you've then got to picture everything a little bit differently and learn how to visualize 
what the final approach should look like from 1,000 feet or 1,500 feet. And that's a bit of an art later on for doing visual approaches. But we'll stick with the standard circuit pattern for now. The next thing would be when flying a square circuit is when to turn downwind from crosswind. And a lot of schools will teach you to turn at 45 degrees. Now, that works okay for the base leg, but the final leg, you could be any distance from the runway on upwind before you actually turn crosswind. Depending on how quickly you reach your crosswind turning height, if that's going to be 600 feet, if you've light, not much fuel, maybe even just yourself on board, you're going to get to that altitude very quickly. Whereas if you're full of fuel and uh, maybe you've got your instructor on board or somebody else with you, you're probably not going to reach it till further out. So you can imagine then your 45 degree line, you're going to be hitting that at all different points along that line, which is going to prompt you to turn further and further out, which is going to throw you off. So the downwind turn very much is a, a judgment call kind of position unfortunately. It's something you're going to get used to and learn what looks right. And then obviously once we pass a beam the runway and the runway starts intersecting your wing section, be it the wing strut or the, the wing itself, it's then that you'll be able to really confirm that you're in the right spot. After that, we want to be configured nicely for base. Now, again, all different aircraft, I'm not going to go into specific patterns, but power plus attitude plus configuration equals performance. So just remember that. Set the power setting you want. Hold the nose attitude level until the airspeed starts to wash off. Set your flap and then set your descent attitude and trim for the speed that you're looking for. You should be able to take your hands off the controls and it will just stay there. If the nose drops, you haven't got the trim right. If you're not coming down, maybe you've got a little bit too much power as well. All right, so get that power attitude configuration just right and the aircraft will come down nicely. Now, as far as turning final goes, again, we want to be established at a particular height. So most people will do a 700-foot commencement of the turn or 600 feet to be established on final by 500 feet. All right, so if you're going to do that, you need to be able to visualize the runway center line and extend it all the way out in front of you and have a bit of an idea of where you're trying to hit that target so that you can start at 600 feet and then be established on final wings level by 500 feet and on a nice aspect, nice profile. So you're not too high, not too low. That way we're good to just go our final stage of flap, lower the nose just a little bit more, maybe knock a little bit more power off to reach our final approach speed. And if you can just get that right and get that balanced, it will just make your flying so much easier. The runway will stay in the perfect spot in the windscreen. It's not going to be moving up and down or left or right, hopefully, wind aside. And it's just going to get bigger in the windscreen until you reach your, um, your round out flare altitude. All right. So there's some tips, hopefully, to help with flying the perfect circuit pattern. I hope that gives you a hand, Cessna 152PP. I'm assuming that that's what you're flying still. All right, Stu the Farmer has uh, reached out before and he sent another good question, which is um, some good ways to relieve stress when starting navigation training. Really good question, and I think the thing I'll always keep coming back to is prior preparation prevents poor performance. 
the more organized you can be, the better. If you've got a morning navigation exercise to start with, um, yeah, you need to get up early. You, you need to have your flight plan done. You can usually have the flight route all laid out, your, your charts all drawn up and all that the day before, a couple of days before. You should. It's not a flight test sort of scenario. You should have the flight route accessible to you. So you can have all that plan. You can have all your tracks and distances and all that laid out um, or measured. So all you need to do in the morning once the uh, the weather is out is to calculate your tracks and your, sorry, calculate your headings and your ground speeds, your fuel and all that sort of stuff and just tidy up your flight plan. So having that skeleton format diagram uh, of your flight plans all done out, your charts all drawn out will make life a hell of a lot easier. The um, weather, obviously have your air services, logins all sorted out. Make sure your iPad, your phone, your computer at home, whatever, has your current air services login and password because there's nothing worse than having to try and get that sorted out. If you do lose your NAPES password, it's very easy. Just jump on the NAPES website and there'll be a link uh, or a phone number to Air Services Australia that you can call and they'll be able to sort it out for you straight away. So that's at least a good get-out-of-jail-free card. But ideally, have everything set up. Make sure you've got your your rulers, your protractors, your uh, nav computers, your spare flight plans or whatever it is you're doing. Um, make sure you've got all your things are available. Your charts are current, intact. Know when the charts expire. Make sure you're ready to replace them or you've got the new ones ordered. Um, I have a lot of people that get close to flight test time or check flights and they're like, oh, can I use my old chart? And I said, well, no, not really. You know, It needs to be a current valid chart. So make sure you think about those sort of things as well. As far as uh, on the navigation uh, exercise itself, just take it easy. It is true that in the beginning, it would be much quicker to drive. <laughs> the amount of time it seems to take to get flight plans done and all that stuff and get going seems to take forever. But eventually it will come second nature and a very quick and simple process for you. So you won't have to think about it quite so hard. But as with anything when you're learning, it um, it does seem a bit overwhelming. But follow your checklist, whether you're doing clear off or whatever mnemonic you're using or being taught, um, follow the process. If you start getting a bit panicked and a bit lost, the natural tendency is to start floundering and jumping around all over the place, start assuming things, making the uh, local scenery fit to where you think you are, which means then you're lost and only makes matters worse. So try not to do that to yourself. Follow the process. It will guide you as to where you are. It will get you unstuck and, um, yeah, keep you moving. Whilst we're talking about charts and things, I'd be really interested to know um, how many of you in flight schools are allowed to use your iPads um, for Osramize Airplane, whatever. Now four flights just come out. Um, does your school let you use your iPad in your navigation training or are they insistent on charts only? I'd be very interested to um, hear some of your points of view there. So, yeah, get in touch with me and let me know. All right, Stu, hope that one helps, mate, and um, hope the nav training is going well for you. All right, finally, um, Dal Tano. Should we lean the mixture on the ground before takeoff? It's a really good question, and 
There's a lot of different uh, viewpoints on this one as well, such as we don't lean below 3,000 feet or 5,000 feet. So if that's the case, I guess that means we don't lean on taxi either. Now, leaning on taxi, um, especially in high-density areas, um, is always beneficial. It can help the engine run smoother, and you'll hear it. If you bring the mixture back, um, you'll reach that nice little spot where you pick up another 100, 200 RPM, which usually indicates it's running too rich and it's not too happy. Now that we've got low lead fuel, it's not as big an issue, but certainly when I was doing my training, we were fully leaded avgas, and it was very common to get a lot of plug fouling. Um, I hardly see plug fouls at all anymore, um, but certainly back in the day, it was a very common thing. Um, that usually wouldn't last the weekend, and we'd have to change plugs all the time on weekends when the maintenance crew were away. So... There's definitely smoother running. You'll hear it um, on a climb. Not at all a problem to some aircraft to lean back. You certainly don't go right to the the, the peak EGT in a climb. You're going to damage the engine uh, running it too lean, but some aeroplanes can. Ultimately, every aircraft has a particular engine type in it, and that engine type will come with manufacturer recommendations. And that's usually the best way to go rather than sort of having arguments and, and going uh, based on what you get told by people who potentially aren't any more informed than you are and are just passing on information and hearsay that they've heard themselves. Look up the recommendations, talk to the lamies and uh, see what they reckon as well. Again, opinions get divided on this and, uh, again, love to hear what your thoughts are on it as well. But... Generally, I find you can lean it. You can pull the mixture lever right back until it starts to run a little bit rougher than just squeeze it in. You can't really over lean it on the ground, but you definitely want to make sure then you've got your mixture rich um, for takeoff, unless you're doing a particularly high-density altitude takeoff. And then there's other processes um, or procedures for that, but that's not typically something we get exposed to here in Australia. All right. So hopefully that gives you all a bit of insight there and some... Uh, some guidance on where to go there. All right. Um, now, next week, I am joined by a very special guest, Angela Garvey. Now, Angela um, experienced a very traumatic, uh, fatal plane crash uh, for those in, in her company uh, some, some time ago, back in 2006. And she's now formed a company called Navigating Aviation. And it's a support counselling service for... Uh, pilots in GA, uh, but also engineers and, and staff, anybody really, but just anyone that's dealing with uh, trauma, uh, having uh, mental health issues, um, relationship problems, all sorts of things, just really anything um, that you you know you want somewhere to go and have a bit of a chat to. So she's on next week, really great chat, and I hope you'll join me then. In the meantime, info at trentronsonaviation.com.au, send me an email, you can hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the social platforms there. Uh, love to hear your comments. Love all the feedback you guys do for the stories and um, the posts that I put out. So please keep all that coming. All right. Until next time, remember the golden rule. Aviate, navigate, communicate. Cheers, everyone. See you soon.